Oh, am I on? I'm on. I'm on. We're on. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our service this morning. It's good to see you all. It's a little bit fresh, but um, grab a blanket if you haven't got one already, and um, you should be all right. No promises, but let's hope. Um, Just a few... um, Sorry, I'm having a bit of an issue here. Just a few bits of information. Other family news. Becky and Chris are here. You may remember we wrote them a card last week, which is on my desk. However, it has got a stamp on it and the address, which I asked Becky for, so they will get the card. But they're here with Verity... Oh, you can't hold her up because she, she's, she's... Oh, she's... OK. <laughs> anyway, um, please do go and chat to them afterwards because this may be the last time they are here, although they might pop in and visit. But, you know. Anyhow, in the Psalms, there are some amazing things written. One of them is this, Psalm 8... It says, people are so small next to you, God. You put the stars and the moon in the sky and the birds in the air above the cows and horses in the fields and the fish that swim in the sea. You created all the beauty in the world. We are so small next to our amazing God who created all the beauty in the world. And yet he delights in us. Of course, we have a mighty God, an almighty God. And compared to him, we are so small and so tiny. And yet he welcomes us to him with his arms open wide. You've got these pieces of paper because often we come before God and we've got so many things on our mind or in our hearts. Sometimes it's things that are concerning us. Or worrying us. Other times it's things that we've done and we don't feel worthy to come into God's presence. Sometimes it's just so much that's going on in our lives that we can't think why we're here and what we want God to do. And God says that we can bring anything to Him. He says that we can bring all our worries, our needs, our concerns, the things that fill our minds and our hearts to Him, and He will receive them. And so I thought this morning, as we just sat for a few moments, hopefully you've got a pen or you don't have to write anything, but you could just write down some of the things that are on your mind concerning you or just in your mind at the moment or in your heart that you want to offer to God so that you can then receive from him this morning. And then during the next song, we're going to bring them up or you can give them to someone to bring up for you and place them on this rather big chair, which looks a little bit like a throne because we're going to sing before the throne of God above. We have a strong and perfect plea. We have a God who receives and accepts all the things we bring. So just a few moments, maybe write down or think about some of the things you want to offer to God. You can just use this paper as a symbol if you don't want to write it. Please be seated. I forgot some other family news. Jules and John and John Mark have moved. John Mark is here. Hello. Did you want to come up? Oh, come up then. I could ask you what's been happening. Very excited. I can see you are. Have you moved house? Yes. 
Do you know where you've gone to? Yes. Well, that's good. <laughs> Do you know what the village is called that you're living Bottisham. in? Bottisham. Bottisham. Excellent. And what's your house like? Well, we still need unpacking that. We set the TV up with story and that. You set the TV up? Well, what else do you need? Did you get any food? Yep, we got all it from the old fridge. From the old fridge. Oh, that's good. That's good. And is it exciting? Yes. Excellent. I slept in, I slept in my bedroom last night. Your new bedroom? <laughs> Wonderful. Excellent. Well, it's good to see you, and I'm glad the move went well, and we will be praying for you and your family. Maybe a round of applause. It's very brave to come up here. <laughs> Wonderful. You can go and sit down again if you want. So please be praying for all these people with various things going on, um, as a lot is happening at the moment. It's now time for the children and young people to go to their groups. It's a bit different this morning, because I think everyone is going into the coffee lounge together and maybe there'll be some kind of exciting game recently at our church meeting we looked at our church vision um, we altered it slightly and we looked at what we wanted to be as a church what we were as a church and the way that we wanted to achieve what we wanted to be like the next few weeks we're going to be looking at our church vision and using parts of the Bible preaching on what we want to be as a people and how we want to do that. And we're introducing that this week. So later on, you will see our church vision if you haven't seen it. And in the next few weeks, you'll receive a copy so that you can then look at it and um, think about how that should affect the way we are as people here. But we're going to begin just by reading from the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10 very famous passage and a very famous story. I'm going to be starting at verse 25 and finishing at verse 37, Luke chapter 10. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, 
the one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. In a moment we're going to be thinking about those words of Jesus. But first I want you to watch um, a DVD. It's something that's been going around social media, so some of you might have seen it. It's a DVD advertising a Danish television channel. It may just be an advert for a Danish television channel. But I guess if we're honest, we all put people in boxes. It might not be the same boxes as shown on that advert. But we all have those we struggle to associate with those we find difficult to accept, even those we dislike. In Jesus' time, for the Jews, the people of God, those who worshipped Yahweh, the people they disliked and put in boxes were the Samaritans, a different group of people who they didn't only find hard to accept, but down the generations they had grown to hate. For the Jews of Jesus' time, you see, the Samaritans were not only different to them, they were people who the Jews believed wanted to be like them. You see, just like the Jews, the Samaritans actually believed that the promises of God to Abraham and Moses, the promise of land and provision, were for them. Not for the Jews, the people of Israel, but for them, the Samaritans. And so over the years, these two groups of people, the Israelites and the Samaritans, in their battle over the promises of God, had put each other in boxes as the opposition. They had chosen to hate each other. It was a historical feud that had gone on for hundreds of years. And interestingly, in many ways, is still reflected today in the struggles between Israel and Palestine. You see, for the Jews... The Samaritans were not simply in another box as a different people. They were, in Jesus' time, an unacceptable people. Nothing good could come from them, and nothing good could come to them. That's what the Jews of the time believed. So when in our passage today, Jesus entered into discussion about the way to eternal life with a Jewish lawyer... A man who knew the law of God. A man who already knew, really, that the way to life was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength and all your mind. And to love your neighbour as yourself. And when this man, who knew the law of God, who knew what he should do, who knew how he should live, then asked the question, and who is my neighbour? Jesus must have known that it would be really shocking to tell a story that was not just about people who were in different boxes, but about the very people who the lawyer found unacceptable. A story about someone this Jewish man thought didn't exist. A story of the good Samaritan. Because you see, when Jesus started to tell a story about a man who was beaten up and left for dead on the road to Jerusalem, a man so badly injured that you couldn't actually tell from a distance whether he was dead or alive. The fact that the priest and the Levite passed by, although very disturbing, may not have come as a huge shock to the Jewish lawyer. After all, these were holy men. And in the law, if holy men were to touch a carcass, touch a dead being or a dead thing, they would have been made unclean. 
meaning that they wouldn't have been able to carry on and perform their roles in the temple where they were most likely going on that road to Jerusalem. So although uncaring, their lack of help in this story could have been explained away by the Jewish lawyer, could have understood why they didn't go near the man. They weren't sure whether he was dead or alive and they didn't want to risk touching him. But when Jesus then described a Samaritan travelling down the road, a man who, when he saw the injured person, stopped and took pity on him, not simply doing the minimum of checking that he was alive and covering with a blanket or leaving a bit of food by the side in case he woke up, but actually caring for the man, bandaging his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, putting him on a donkey, getting him real help that would make him live and making sure all was paid for. The Jewish lawyer must have been horrified, horrified to realise that this was his enemy, his most hated opponent. And through this story, Jesus was calling this man a neighbour. You see, before this, the Jewish lawyer believed that to love the Lord your God with everything you had and to love your neighbour as yourself meant loving the God of Israel the God of his people, the Jews. And so loving your neighbour, it followed, would mean loving other Jews. Because God was the God of Israel, he was the God of the Jews. And some of them you wouldn't like, even though they were your fellow Jews. And some of them you would struggle with, and some of them you would put in boxes and stay away from them. But they were still your neighbours, they were still God's people. And so you would love them. So when Jesus asked the question, which of these three in the story do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The lawyer cannot even bring himself to say the word Samaritan. So instead he says, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. Or if you like, Jesus says, go then and love the Lord your God the God of the whole earth, the God of grace for all people. And in doing so, love your neighbour, those you have put into neat boxes, those you hoped you would never have to try and care about, those you have even learnt to hate. Because these are people God loves, just like he loves you. So love them as you would love yourself. In the time that this story was told by Jesus and to the person that it was told to, this must have been such a hard thing to hear and such a hard thing to contemplate doing. And do you know, actually, thousands of years later, it doesn't get any easier either for us. We just have to look around at the world today and we can see the consequences of people putting each other in boxes. Everywhere we look at the moment, borders seem to be being closed to people who are different. Minorities seem to be getting the brunt of people trying to protect themselves. Children seem to be suffering because many are scared of what might happen. Because people are being put in boxes. And those in power are trying so desperately to keep everyone safe and pure, a bit like the priest and the Levite in the story, using law to justify not acting. And so 
people are put into boxes. And, you know, in a way, we can look around and we can point a finger at these people. It's easy to point a finger to see where people are putting each other in boxes. Or it's even easier to point a finger at groups of people. We can say, oh, look, governments are doing this. Look, leaders are doing this. People aren't loving their neighbour. But then we think about our own lives and those people we put into boxes too. Those people who we find it difficult to accept. Those people who live lives that we don't understand. Those people who we find it, even if we won't admit it, so hard to like. Even those that we have learnt to hate. And we realise that actually we too have our own little boxes to put everyone into. We too are the same as those who are closing the borders, who are ignoring minorities, who are letting children suffer. And if Jesus told this story to us today, if if we had asked the question, who is my neighbour? There would have been a similar story that would shock each one of us and challenge each one of us with the way we think about certain people. Because, you see, if we really want to follow God, if we really want to love him with everything we have, then everyone is our neighbour. Everyone. The excluded, the powerful, the minority, the child, the older generation, the abused, the abuser, those who hurt others and those who are suffering. Those we can justify loving because it's a good thing to do and we should, and those we really can't because no one wants to love them because they don't deserve it. Because God is the God of grace for all people. And so to love him above all else, to love him with everything we've got, is to love those he created in his image and likeness, which, as we all know, is everyone, every single human being ever born. This year, as I said, we took another look at our church vision, and we've got a copy here on the screen that should come up. We looked at um, what we should do and who we were, first of all. We're a family church in the heart of the community. If we're not quite that, this is what we want to be, but we believe that we are. And then we looked a bit more at... um, what our aim was. We've always had this aim to communicate the love of God and make Jesus known. That's what we want to do as this family church in the heart of the community. And we want to do this by seeking God's ways above all else, by loving the Lord our God with all that we've got, just like we looked at in this passage. We also want to do this by showing the love, grace and welcome of God to everyone we meet, by loving our neighbour as ourselves. We want to do it by reminding each other and communicating to others that the love of Jesus is good news for all people. Because sometimes actually what we communicate as a church, not this church necessarily, but as a church on the whole, is that the good news of Jesus is actually only good news to some, not not really to others. Whereas the good news of Jesus is actually good news for everyone. We want to do this by encouraging and supporting each other as we seek to live our lives in line with what we believe as children of God. We want to live our lives following Jesus, not just here on a Sunday, but to encourage each other to do it all the time, even when it's most difficult. 
We want to do it by creating a friendly and accessible environment for all ages. We're a family church. We're not a church full of families. We're a family of God church, full of all ages, for all people. And we want to do it... I can't read that on this. We want to do it by serving others and sacrificing our time, energy and resources. Because loving our neighbour as ourself is service. And often, it is sacrifice. It's hard work. We have a number of points in our church vision, which we will look at over the next few weeks. But the general idea is to seek ways in which we as a church family here in Cottenham can love the Lord our God with everything that we've got and love our neighbour as ourselves. The general idea is to find ways in which we can live out this story that Jesus told to the Jewish lawyer so many years ago. Not simply loving, accepting and caring for those who fit with who we are or who we feel comfortable with, but finding ways to love everyone and to welcome everyone so that we really can be a family church in the heart of the community. And that through our words and actions, we will communicate the love of God and make the Jesus of this passage that we read known to those around us. We're going to keep that on the screen for just a few minutes, as maybe you spend a few minutes sitting in quiet, thinking about those that maybe each of us put in boxes, those people who we find difficult to accept and relate to. Ask God to speak to us about who he wants us to reach out to and love. And then we're going to sing together. In reply, Jesus told this story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going along the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Jesus calls us, of course, to do the same because this was how he lived his life and this was the example he set for us. So as we go from here, may God bless us and keep us. May he provide us with all that we need to love him and love our neighbour as ourselves. And may he surround us with his care. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Please do stay for coffee and tea and 